And welcome to Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, comics, games, science, you name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is The Mandalorian Chapter 4, Nerd Out. I am your host, Austin, and with me is the amazing Amanda Lorian. Hello. <laughs> Excuse me. And the rambunctious Bob. Hi. And if we're lucky, we might have the uh, new and improved Nathan join us uh, midway through uh, the podcast. He's, he's a little busy, so he might join us a little bit later. But hey, hey, we're, we're, we're back at it. We, uh, we had kind of a false start yesterday it was kind of funny uh we, bob was waiting on me and i thought bob uh had like you know was, was walked off and was was you know taking the trash out or something so i was waiting on bob both of us were on mute so so we we sat around for like 20 minutes waiting on each other when we're both at the computer oh man what a podcast fail so we decided ah it's, it's 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 a rough night. Let's just do it tomorrow. And I'm glad we did because we had a couple news items drop uh, today that I, I would much rather talk about ASAP than 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 wait. And we're gonna get to all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, you know, later on we're gonna be talking. Uh, we're gonna be talking a little bit of Star Wars script on eBay. We're gonna be talking a little bit about uh, the first full trailer for Crisis on Infinite Earth. Some cool science news. We got a lot to going on. Uh, in this episode before we jump into the main event but hey bob man dude what's what's nerdy with you what do we what have you been up to well uh as you know i'm in school right now so and i finished up uh the legend of zelda Link's awakening finally three months okay. after i bought it three months wow has it been that long I'm not sure, but okay. yeah, it, it took me a while to beat that game and i I don't know if you know, but that game is it's a pretty short game, yeah, yeah, three months well that's that's better than some people, <laughs> you know that's right, so what'd you think of the game? Oh, the game was amazing it is if it, it felt like a shot for shock remake. I got some mad nostalgia going on, oh dude, that's so cool that's so cool what 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 have you what do you play it on the Nintendo switch. The Switch, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I don't know. They've got emulators out there, so you never, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. All right, Amanda, what about you? What, what's nerdy with you? We, we, I think we missed you last episode, didn't we? Oh no, no that was Bob. We missed. The, no, yeah, it was Bob. We missed. And I, if we, if you had podcast yesterday, I was just too tired. So kind of glad that you guys were waiting around for me. <laughs> well, that's that's what we that's what we were talking about. It's like we can't do it without Amanda. While both of you were on mute, I know, I know. <laughs> Do you see what happens when you leave us? We we sit around like bumbling idiots, just sit staring okay, at a computer. Well, I want to talk about my nerdy thing. <laughs> okay, all right. What's what's nerdy? So I I have found that I can identify with Bryce Dallas Howard on a whole new level. Okay, um, you've piqued my curiosity. So she directed episode four of the Mandalorian, of the Mandalorian. yeah, and. Her kids were constantly coming on set. Okay. And she did not want to be the leak about Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. And so every morning for a year. Her for a year? For a year. Her six and 11-year-old, she would talk with them and say, what do we not talk about today, kids? Oh, my word. <laughs> and they would respond, 
baby. So every day for a year, she would say, kids, we, we're not talking about what? And they would say baby. And they did that for a year. For a year. Somehow she managed to get a wow. six and an 11 year old. They're now seven and 12. Well, but somehow she managed to get them to not spill the beans. Well, if she doesn't win some sort of award for the, the Mandalorian, she definitely deserves the Oscar for parenting. So I, I don't, I, that's amazing. I can just imagine those kids in, uh, you know, 10, 15 years time, their respective spouses are going to be like, Hey, sweetheart, where's the baby? <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> we don't talk about oh, that. Man. All I think is that she's training her kids to be super spies. I know, right? Oh boy, she can't super spies. So, well, those those kids deserve some sort of award. Did she did she award them in any way? Take them to Chuck E. Cheese or something? I don't know, but she was saying the kids were having a really hard time when she told them they could talk about baby, and they were really confused. Oh man, that is you can talk about baby now. No, they're like, but why? Oh man, that is funny stuff. That is funny. Oh jeez. Well, uh, well, thanks for sharing that. I, di- I didn't know that. that. That's that's some pretty funny stuff, but. Uh, Yeah, you know, we got so much news to cover. I think we need to just jump right into it. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. And what's the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, let's jump right into some movie news. The Black Widow trailer dropped. Yeah! Yeah, So if you don't don't know much about uh, uh, this upcoming movie... if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you know who Black Widow is. Anyways, uh, Black Widow, the movie is set between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity Wars and sees Natasha Romanoff travel back to Budapest while she's on the run from the U.S. government because of what she did in Civil War. So while in Budapest, she reunites with her family that consists of Red Guardian – Played by Stranger Things actor David Har- David Harbor, and That's I gotta right, admit, he looks. Yeah, dude, he he looks. Oh yeah, there you oh, go. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. dude. Spoiler alert from what was it? Season three of uh, Stranger you know, Things. That's right. Dude. What an awesome connection. <laughs> dude. Yeah, perfect connection. But anyways, yeah, David Harbor is playing Red Guardian. Uh, in 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 the trailer, and we and he looks amazing in this. He, he's you. He's going to be so funny in this movie. You you can just tell from the trailer that he's going to be kind of the uh, uh, comedic relief, whatever. But uh, anyways, so so we see we see Natasha uh, at the very beginning of the trailer fighting another female, which turns out to be her sister, and apparently her and her, her entire family, uh, you know, Red Guardian, all of them, they team up, and it looks to me. I mean, they don't they don't. They don't tell you this, but it looks to me like they're going back to where it all started with the the original Black Widow program, um, and they're getting into some fights. We even see Taskmaster Master out there, the the villain for the show. It all looks great. Uh, it all looks great, but uh, and I can't wait for it. But I have to admit, when I was watching it, it didn't have the traditional Marvel movie feel. It really didn't. It really had more of kind of a female James Bond movie, which, by the way, the the trailer for the upcoming Bond movie comes out tomorrow. Uh, but but you know, when I was watching this, it, it felt like a Bond movie. What did you guys think when you saw this uh, trailer? Um, 
Don't all, don't all speak up at once. <laughs> I felt like it was a good departure from the uh, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, it felt more self-contained, but at the same time, yeah. it focused on Black Widow, which is something that needed to happen. Uh, I get that we're not getting another solo Hulk movie anytime soon, and I get that we're not getting a solo uh, Hawkeye movie. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but so so you 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 think the the movie needed to feel uh less marvel like Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Well, here's the thing. There's some characters in the Marvel universe that are just not PG. Black Widow's one of them. Punisher's one of them. Ghost Rider's one of them. They don't do well in a setting that has that uh, has that just this side of can't be feel. I mean I love sure. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I mean, like, it's just just a hair less campy than the CW's Arrowverse, which both are great. It's just the Black Widow needed it to feel like it has more substance to it. That's that's gotcha, just my thought. Gotcha. gotcha. So, so where do you uh, where, where do you think, Bob, that they're going to take this story? What do, what is it that you want to see out of a Black Widow movie? Um. I, I honestly, I want to see her beat the crap out of Taskmaster. And if you've known anything from the uh, from the comics, that is a hard sell, especially for uh, somebody who's not uh, who's not transhumanist um, like Black Widow. Black Widow is just a super spy. I mean, she's a good fighter, but the Taskmaster can uh, can copy any fighting style. So I mean, like he should be able to. Uh, he should be able to be like her absolute hardest fight to be able to match her oh, blow yeah. for blow, and that's what I want to see. I want to see an extended fight scene where she's literally getting the sh- Nike crap out of her. <laughs> I I had to yeah. fi- I had to finish the word uh, the word in my head. She's uh, getting the Nike kicked out of her, and um, she has yeah. to think up some ingenious way to get out of it without using tech, without using magic. She just basically has to use her spy grit. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys? No, think? I think. I- I think you're right on. I think that sounds awesome. Uh, but I'm curious as to what Amanda uh, thought of the trailer and what she wants out of a Black Widow movie. All I know is I really, really, really want to see the Russian spy that fought um, Peggy Carter in Agent Carter. Oh, okay. Show up in it. That's what I really want to see. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Well, hey, let's let's move on. Um, did you guys hear about this script for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker leaking on eBay? Well, earlier this week, J.J. Abrams confirmed that a script found its way onto eBay. Uh, Abrams didn't reveal whose fault it was, but he did say, quote, one of our actors, I won't say which one, I want to, but I won't, (laughs) left it under their bed and it was found by someone who was cleaning their place and it was given to someone else who then went on to eBay to sell it. And when the script went live on eBay, I guess somebody from Lucasfilm noticed that it was legitimate and they swooped in quick and they grabbed it before somebody else could. Uh, and, and, and well, we now know who it was that lost the script. Man, J.J. Abrams was here on Monday, gave some breaking news. Oh, he yeah? said someone lost the script. 
Oh, wow. And the script ended up on eBay. Oh. And Daisy Fake. Ridley Fake. was here, and Daisy said, it's not me. Daisy so, said it's not her? And she said it wasn't her. So I'm <laughs> curious, um, who script was right, it? All right, guys, it was me. Oh! No, wait, wait. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. How did that happen? Look, let, let, let me tell you how this all went down. Well, what happened look, was... Look, look what, what, what happened was... It, it was actually from my apartment. I was moving apartments and I left the script under my bed. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to leave it under my bed. When I wake up in the morning, I'll take it and then, and then move. But then my boys came over and, you know, we started partying a little bit. And then um, <laughs> I, the script just get... It, 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 just, it just stayed there. It, yeah. And then... A few, like, weeks after, you know, this cleaner comes in, finds this script, and then puts it on eBay for, like, £65. So the person didn't know the true value, you know. And I actually thought this is a great opportunity for the fans to read the movie before they see yeah. it. Maybe I'm onto something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm sure that's exactly what JJ yeah. had in mind when yeah, he gave you yeah. that script. Yeah, yeah. yeah let him oh, read it first. It was scary, man. I was like, I got calls from every official. Even Mickey Mouse called me like, what did you do? <laughs> 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 well, good though, man. <laughs> but it all it all worked it out. All worked out. It all worked out. In. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine how crazy that would be? Um, but the fact that somebody tried to sell the the eBay script for what sixty five bucks? Oh man, yeah, they obviously did not know uh, what they had in their possession. Um, what do you what do you guys think of this? I mean, I, I'm surprised that that Lucasfilm even lit him take it home because there there have been reports in episode seven that everybody had to like read it in a special like locked room and under lock and key and under actual security guard that may be what they return to now (laughs) (laughs) yeah apparently apparently but uh in in additional star wars news uh they released a uh behind the scenes featurette for the upcoming rise of skywalker and in it they show a small little glimpse of Warwick Davis, who plays everybody's favorite Ewok, uh, Wicket the Ewok from Return of the Jedi. And he, uh, they, they show him as a kid in Return of the Jedi, and then they flash forward to him again in the Ewok suit as a grown man today, looking at the uh, mask of the Ewok, which obviously is... Um, which is obviously Wicket the Ewok in modern day. Uh, Bobby, so there, or did we? I lose think we it? lost Bob. Bob, no. Well, what what do you think of that, uh, Amanda? I think it's awesome. I'm excited to see Warwick Davis in anything, and I love him. The potential of him coming back um, to play Wicket again. Yeah. Why is that? Um, as I just said, I love Warwick Davis in everything. So Warwick Davis should be in everything. Well, you know, one thing I was I'm hoping to see is uh, I, I don't know how they would do it because, you know, Carrie Fisher passed away. But I thought it would be as soon as I realized that Wicked the Ewok was back as uh, or, or was back in this movie. I wanted to see a, a scene with him and Carrie Fisher again. Um, so. All right, we're back. The, the, this is our fourth attempt at doing the Wicked the Ewok. Uh, is this about right? Have you lost count? I've lost count. I, I, Sorry, folks, just some technical difficulties. We are going to talk about Warwick Davis returning as Wicked the Ewok if it kills us. All right, Bob, 
you have mentioned three times to me already <laughs> that you are looking forward to Ewoks um, returning. Ewoks Why? good. No Ewoks bad. I'm hoping when I don't get cut off this time. <laughs> so you mentioned something really important that there's the also I didn't mention Porsche returning. You mentioned Porsche returning. I, I thought it was cool. Like, yes. Whatever I am seriously hoping that we have a we yeah, need a death forward. fight between but the two. Returning. The walks and the forks. <laughs> okay. No, no, it's a cuteness fight. You put an Ewok no. out, you put a porg out. Okay, and you, you, you that. The Ewoks would be launching the yes. porgs in their slings. So anyway. I, I, I must see this I now. Just... I, I must see this. <laughs> Ewok <laughs> launching porgs. It's gonna be in the rise of it's going to be in the Rise of Skywalker. Maybe the Rise of Skywalker edition. Christmas edition. So, anyways. Oh, sure, sure. There you go. So, anyways, let's move on. Some reports are coming in from Warner that Warner Brothers is confused on what to do with Superman on the big screen. According to Variety, uh, Warner Brothers is struggling to figure out how to make Superman relevant to modern audiences on the big screen. And so what is what do they what has Warner Brothers been doing? Apparently, they have been talking to JJ Abrams, you know, the 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 master of reboots, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, apparently Superman maybe. And Warner Brothers has even had a conversation, a meeting with Creed star and uh, Killmonger actor from Black Panther Michael B. Jordan, who apparently pitched to Warner Brothers his version of, of what the character Superman would look like in, in modern art audiences. But what, what what I find so interesting about all this is um, Brand, uh, Br- oh, not Brandon Ralph. <laughs> We're gonna get to him in a moment. Uh, Henry Cavill, I thought did a great Absolutely. job. I like him as Superman, um, and and uh, apparently at San Diego Comic Con about four months ago, when he was uh, promoting The Witcher for, for the, the upcoming Netflix series. There were there were some reports coming out from fans that he specifically said he still wants to play Superman. He wants a sequel to Man of Steel. He wants to explore how the effects of someone with absolute power uh, would have. And, and, and there's so many stories to tell that makes him tick. So w- what do you guys make of this? You know, Austin, I got an report? opinion here. I got a pretty big opinion. I, I hope you don't right. mind. Warner Brothers completely mishandled their entire DC Universe property. Um, And here's how. Pretty much. Initially, by having two separate universes, the Arrowverse and the the DC Cinematic Universe, they, they missed a huge opportunity right there. Sure, the great... um, the dark mm-hmm. and the brooding uh, feel of um, of the cinematic universe was it, it was great. I loved it, but at the same time, they were already building something with Arrow. They had a lesser no- lesser known characters being tossed out there and constantly exposing people to it. And then they had Superman. They had Batman. These two sure. two guys could have worked well with those characters. They get a lot of flack for uh, Batman v Superman, and I actually enjoyed that film. They get a lot of flack for uh, Man of Steel, and I love that film. Justice League, not so much. But they should. Uh, the worst thing sure. they could do right now is give up on soups. 
They really they need to keep Henry Cavell oh, yeah. as soups. He is the front runner. They've already lost the bat flag, which is cool. Whatever. He was a good I'm Batman. Okay with that. He was okay. I come on. He no, was what? he was no. way better than George Clooney. I'm, well, yes, okay. Anything's <laughs> better guess, than the Batman. I guess I could hold him up to Christian Bale. <laughs> but the, the point being <laughs> is True. that um, you can write off Batman as being too old and needing to step out. But Henry Cavell was a young Superman. He was perfect for the role. It was a new take. He wasn't as much of a paragon as the old comics would have you believe. He was much more akin to what we see nowadays with uh, Superman having inner turmoil, with with having to explore a lot of those philosophical things that you get with ultimate power. That's the kind of thing they could have explored with him, but if they if they give up on him and they slot somebody else in there, they're giving up on everything that they have already done. And that means they're giving up on Aquaman and they're giving up on Wonder Woman, who are also connected to those un- that universe. So what? the only good things that have come out of the DC Cinematic Universe is Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Shazam, and so- good. No, I'll throw Shazam in there. <laughs> okay. Shazam, but Shazam's kind of not as interconnected, so they could keep on going with Shazam, and you'd be fine. Well, they, yes, yes, and no. I mean, they tried to uh, make Shazam its own thing, but they did kind of bring that little Superman cameo in at the very end. But they didn't show the face of Superman, so yeah. So, but we can keep Shazam. I mean, let's be honest. What what is what has Warner Brothers been trying to do? They were trying to create their own Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they ru- and they rushed it with no real solid game plan. They just said, "Oh, people want to see, uh, you know, the Avengers." So let's and they bring started Justin. it off terribly with the Wait, horrible no. Man of Steel. No, then no, no, okay. oh, it was absolutely. Why do you say it was rubbish? It was. Um. Okay, so I needed an emotional connection. Two films and Man of Steel. There was him being. N- it seemed like they set it up so I couldn't emotionally connect. On scenes that I was supposed to emotionally connect, they completely botched the music setup for it. And it made I, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you the music. I'll grant you the music. Uh, but when, when, and spoiler <laughs> alert, if you haven't watched the movie yet, <laughs> um, when... So when Superman breaks Zod's neck as he's uh, as he's putting the lights out, you Ooh. can see the turmoil in Henry Cavill's face. You can see that this is something Superman can't do, and this is something that he did. And you can see the the anguish that is going on. It's like I don't want to do this, and you're forcing it on me. That. That is what made that movie so good. It wasn't another Superman. It was Man of Steel. So, so what I liked about Man of Steel is um, it it showed Superman in a way that we hadn't seen on the big screen yet, and but but exactly. still remaining true to character, and and, and what and what that tells me is that they were trying to explore the depths of Superman's characters uh, character uh, in a way they just haven't done on the big screen yet. And 
what uh, I, I mean, I'll admit, I don't think it was a perfect movie. I, I, I did not enjoy the kind of out of order jumping around. I thought it, I thought it should have been more linear, like, uh, like, you know, the yeah. first, you know, eighties Superman movie. Uh, but, but, you know, in, in talking about Superman being relevant today, yes, he's still relevant today. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to look any further than what they're doing with Superman on CW. Uh, and, you know, let's just let's just transition into that, and we and we can bring it back to uh, Superman and Warner Brothers. And and let's let's have an episode yeah, yeah. So, on I mean, that so, later. Well, oh, no, okay. we're just about to talk about Crisis of Infinite. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. so that's why it. it's multiple. Yeah. And, well, so 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 yes. So so what what happened uh, earlier today? The first full trailer for CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths mega event was released. And it, it looks freaking awesome. So if you don't know much about uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, basically what it is, is it's, it's set in the DC universe. It came out in the comics. And basically, uh, Earths across the multiverse are being wiped out by this big antimatter wave. It's just ripping across all these multiverses. It's wiping out all the universes. Uh, and as uh, as such, someone named Monitor is basically gathering up heroes to make a last stand on Earth-38. Uh, and it looks like the initial episodes, uh, or at least the first episode of, of the five-episode arc, has uh, the CW's Superman going around recruiting other supermen from other Earths. And we have Brandon Routh's nice. Superman, uh, Kingdom Come Superman. Uh, we've got uh, Smallville Superman. Um, and we also see the CW's Batwoman going around recruiting other, you know, Batman superheroes to include Kevin Conroy's Batman. Um, but the thing that's got me the most hyped about this and, and and to tie tie it back into our previous conversation is Superman still relevant to modern audiences? Um, the thing that's got me the most excited is a, a picture that came out and it shows Brandon Routh's Superman, his Kingdom Come Superman, choking the CW Superman with with just one hand. It looks like it's just like child play to him, you know. And Brandon Routh has this incredibly intense look on his face. And I have to admit, when when I looked at this picture, not only did it get me excited for Crisis on Infinite Earth, but it actually kind of made me miss Brandon Routh's Superman a little bit. Um, all I know is looking at the picture makes me want to do a superhero smackdown of all the Arrowverse characters. <laughs> yeah, who would win in a fight, you know. Oh. But, but you know... So, so tying it back around real quick, you know, Warner Brothers confused on if Superman's still relevant to modern audiences. Do they not see what the CW is doing? I don't I mean, get I it either. Confused. That's a, exactly the same thing that I was saying earlier. It's like they have a golden opportunity yeah. to have like the main stories happening on TV. And then you have your soups, you have your bats, you have your green lanterns, the stuff that's going to have big budget special effects or even just the crossover events, make the crossover events, um, TV events and throw the, or I mean, movie events and throw those out there. 
people will watch them and it will suck people into CW. I don't know. I just think that Warner Brothers was trying to emulate instead of expand on what Marvel did. And if you want to copy Marvel, that's fine, but you're never yeah. going to capture the magic. Well, sure. They should just capitalize on what they're being Absolutely. successful Absolutely. Absolutely. But that, that's just my two cents. Oh. Do you, you have have an Are you there? Hey, we, all right. We got you, Nathan. <laughs> you got here after all. So, so you're you're jumping in mid uh, mid conversation. So you'll just have to, you know, you know, I'm not catching okay. you up, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so we're we're talking uh, we're talking Superman. So so let me let me just let me ask you this, okay? So Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers uh, is confused on if. Superman is relevant to modern audiences. Let's just answer yes or no. Is Superman relevant today? Bob, what do you think? In his old yes no. form in his 1970s and 1980s form, no. In the form he is today, yes, very much so. Amanda, what do you think? Is Superman relevant today? Would you want to see more Superman? So I think Superman is very relevant. Even in his 70s, 80s character, I mean, I think the Superman resonates with audiences. That's why it's so easy to bring him back and people want to see him because he's very relevant. Yes, I agree. I, I, agree, I agree with all of that. I agree I with sh- all of that. Um, Superman, is, Superman is completely relevant today. Uh, I think a, uh, I think both versions of Superman uh would be relevant because I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie that just came out showing kind of the boy scout goodwill uh, values that, you know, the, the eighties, you know, early Superman, that that's still relevant today. People still connect to that. Um, but you know, uh, I don't know this Brandon Routh kingdom comes Superman choking the CW Superman. Yes, I'm on board. It looks sweet. <laughs> so, anyways, if if you are if you are excited for Crisis on Infinite Earths, it will begin with Supergirl on December eighth. So, in just a few days, it will f- be followed up by Batwoman on December 9th, The Flash on December tenth, and it will conclude with Arrow slash Legends of Tomorrow, a double header back to back on january 14th so they're gonna give you like they're gonna give you like 80 percent of the story cliffhanger it and make you wait a a month for the for the double header so i uh i think this might this might be something that we uh, review in january when it's all said done done so um but hey let let's move on to some science news um a remarkable fossil feature features an insect tra- trapped in amber stuck to a dinosaur jaw. So, so scientists have basically found the rock with the mosquito in it, or the, the amber with the mosquito in it, uh, a la Jurassic Park. It just happens to have a dinosaur jawbone in there. And the, and the dinosaur jawbone is from a 75 million year old duck billed dinosaur that was found in Canada. Um, and it has about a seven centimeter wide blob or whatever you want to call it of amber uh that has 
traces of trees and and sap and uh, the insect. Uh, so so our no. paleontologists can. But if they, if they do, this? then we're just uh, going to get Canadian dinosaurs, not. and they're just going to as soon as the park shuts down, they're just going to be saying sorry all the time. <laughs> Gonna make friends with the bears. Oh yeah, that's no. <laughs> Don't you know? Well, the uh, so so they're calling this a remarkable two for one fossil because it's been it's been preserved in such an unlikely manner um, that what they think happened is that uh, the the duckbill dinosaur um, basically died and the flesh had decayed off of the jawbone. And it washed into a river. There, uh, I guess, a blob of resin uh, from either I don't know redwood or some sort of uh, conifer tree also fell. And the blob containing the the uh, aphid. The, the aphid, the the, the insect, washed up and was uh, against the bone. And was and it was pressed up against it. It couldn't move because of a flowing water. Uh, so this is the science. I mean, obviously they don't know, but this is the, the scientists theory uh but basically it was you know uncovered like this after millions of years later uh and now we have this great specimen i mean it's it's pretty pretty dang cool uh what are your guys thoughts on this if anything it's a dinosaur fossil with a bug on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wasn't i didn't really know what else to say too so sure do you think it has something in its teeth (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh, probably i wonder if it's breath smell <laughs> uh yeah probably anyways let's move on then a, a mini moon have you ever heard of a mini moon i didn't know we had mini moons but anyways a mini moon has exploded over australia so uh basically it looks like a fiery meteor explosion happened over the australian desert uh and and researchers think that this was an ultra rare mini moon uh, so I guess sometimes objects from space, they get close enough to Earth, but they're not pulled in by gravity uh, quite yet. So they often will orbit around the Earth like a little mini moon until eventually they are pulled into the atmosphere or they're hurled into space. They they, they don't call these things mini moons all the time. They, they technically call them uh, temporarily captured orbiters, but sometimes they're, they're just referred to as mini moons. Um, and so, so this this is only the second time researchers have ever found a mini moon blazing through our atmosphere before hitting the ground, and and so they they found this one and it exploded over Australia. Did you guys know we had mini moons? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what are you? I did not. I, I really wish I could have seen the uh, the fireball, but that. Probably would have well, been have- similar to the one that uh, blew up over Russia recently, and to oh, the Tunguska yeah. uh, air blast. Yeah, that was huge, man. There were so many YouTube videos of the explosion from that. I'm mostly curious what the difference is between a mini moon and an asteroid. They sound like they pretty um, much an behave the same. Never takes orbit around the Earth. Oh, it just smacks right. into us and kills a bunch of dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So if an asteroid started orbiting us, they would be able to have t- more time to take action than, say, uh, let's see, Deep Impact or one of the other 
um, asteroid hitting the Earth movie. It's a matter of how many pictures you can take. Yeah. Well, well, let's just hope the next one happens in an area where we can YouTube it easily. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, let's move on. Some uh, some generic nerd news. Uh, Xfinity has released a short film. They're calling it. It's really just a five minute commercial for for Xfinity's you know products. But basically. Uh, it's a short film of the return of E.T., the extraterrestrial, even reuniting with Elliot and, and played by the original actor, Henry Thomas. Um, they're calling this uh, the holiday reunion. And there's a short synopsis that says, after 37 years, E.T. comes back to visit his friend Elliot for the holidays. During his stay, E.T. learns that Elliot now has a family of his own, and that technology has completely changed on Earth since his last visit. Apparently, uh, Steven Spielberg was supportive of this reunion uh, and even served as a consultant. And Henry Thomas, the original actor that played Elliot, who was also in this commercial, uh, said, and this, this is the part that I thought was the most interesting, uh, he said, quote, the audience is going to get everything they want out of a sequel without the messy bits that could destroy the beauty of the original and the special place it has in people's minds and hearts. I wanted to bang my head on a wall. <laughs> it like it seemed, felt like it took forever to get through this. And I still can't believe you made me watch it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I tried watching it five times beforehand. Was it bad? And Apparently I Amanda couldn't like get it. through it. It was it, it, it was just <clears throat> boring. I mean, I don't like E.T.'s voice, but that's about it. <laughs> well, I, I could barely get to E.T. before I would change it to something else because I was bored. Well, oh. it, I mean, it, it follows beat for beat the, the same, uh, you know themes of the original and just a short little five minute thing. I mean, they show, you know, them trying to like find ET and it's like, Oh, it's kind of a scary little alien. And they get warm and cozy. And, and then they have like the little Xfinity, like here's the different technology stuff that we do. And, uh, and then, uh, but I, the funny part is at the very, very end, uh, ET does the whole like flying bike thing with Elliot's kids. And all I could think of was, so this is what an alien abduction looks like. Yeah. <laughs> you know? for, for me, the worst part was when the parents met the kids. Of the okay, so they he flies off with the kids on bikes, and then they land on a hill, and the parents are there. Well, I mean, they obviously have to like drive there, but like, but yeah, I mean, if somebody like grabs your kids and like takes off with them, you're probably going to be freaking out a little bit. So. So yeah, this is totally an alien abduction for uh, Xfinity commercial, but but anyways, moving on. Um, it's a, still boring. A terminally ill Star Wars fan got his last wish to see Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger helped make the private screening of the film happen at the Rowan's Hospice in Hampshire, England, uh, and basically, uh, Iger tweeted. On this Thanksgiving, we at Disney are grateful to be able to share the rise of Skywalker with a patient and his family at Rowan's Hospice. May the force be with you and with all of us. Now, this uh, this patient, he wanted to remain uh, 
uh, anonymous. There, there's no real pictures that don't have a blurred uh, image or anything. But but this anonymous uh, recipient of this great gift had the following to say: I just want to say the biggest thanks. Uh, thank you to everyone that has helped to make this happen during what is just a horrible situation to be in. You have helped to make some wonderful memories and bring some joy to my family. I am a huge Star Wars fan, and what I am going through is completely dire. Then, to top it all, I thought I wasn't going to see the film I have been waiting to see since 1977. I still can't believe it. The only way I can describe this to you is to say that this must be what it feels like to be told you have won a million pounds. Now, one thing, uh, one thing that uh, this person did was is they they got to see it with his son, and his son looked pretty young from the picture. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, just you know, woohoo to Disney for making this happen. You you, you hear things about this, and it, it is a uh, sad situation to be in, but you know, a a small little glimmer of of light in a, in a, in a moment of darkness. So I think what it shows is that, um, Disney definitely cares about the fandom more than, well, and in most situations, I feel like Disney cares about the fandom more than the, the profit they can make off of it because they go lanes to do things like this. Well, when you make as much as they make, uh, it, something like this is pennies. Well, there's a give back to it, which Mm -hmm. I I think the fan community and I appreciate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, from a monetary perspective, I mean, let's be honest, how much free advertising are they getting now? Now that I don't know. There's a return on investment here. I I don't, I don't think that was the motivating factor because they're not just going to be, you know, showing star Wars to anybody, but I I think there was some general genuine goodwill involved, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, kudos to Disney for, for making this happen. And, And I hope, uh, I hope the family is, uh, you know, all all the best moving forward, and, I, and uh, you'll see each other again. I believe. I that. just always have a problem with uh, when corporations do this. It feels like going on a, uh, I don't know, like a, a mission trip, and then Instagramming the entire damn thing. Right, I know what you're going with. Yeah. That. Well, oftentimes they let people know that they did it because it was asked, and a lot of times people want to follow up and say, "Hey, we saw this on Twitter. Did this guy get to see it?" Yeah, maybe. And so, so sometimes it's it's kind of helping people have that follow up. I I guess I can see where you're going with that. So let's uh, let's move on uh, to what is purely purely about making profits <laughs> <laughs> toys r us is opening new stores um reported by i heard Bloom- yeah reported by bloomberg the first of the new toys r us stores opened over this thanksgiving weekend at garden state plaza in uh new jersey and following its successful launch, a second Toys R Us store is set to open on December fifth, so just a couple days or a couple days from now, in Houston, Texas. Uh, the opening of the first two new Toys R Us locations is part of the company's plan to launch a total of ten stores by the end of 2020. Unlike its previous iterations, the new Toys R Us stores won't be piled you know, to the ceiling with toys, but will instead carry a limited number of items, uh, allowing 
uh, uh, the allowing the customers a chance to experience the hands-on joy of new toys, something that online retailers can't offer. So, so there's going to be toys there, but not as much, and you're going to get a chance to play with the toys in the store. So oh, that's cool. Well, I have I've actually seen kind of what they're planning to do with it, and it's not so much going to be a store because you can actually go to their website and they actually don't sell any toys on their website. They will redirect you to target. Um, it, this Interesting. is supposed to be like a customer experience. You go to their store to play and you have to pay to go in their store. Well, I've, there's a cover charge to go into a retail store, but it's okay. It's like going to Chuck E. Cheese, but with toys. Well, let's let's take a look at. It. I I don't know about that. Bloomberg Toys or us? Because you know, I I saw. The, I don't know how I feel about that. I saw the pictures of this thing. It didn't look like it was a. Uh, you know, you have to you know pay this to get in. Uh, this was what I was reading about a month or so ago about what they were planning to do with it. Well, plans change. Let's see here. I mean, the, the, the one the one thing I remember from that article you showed me a month ago is that they were going to leave a lot of space open so that way they could actually play with the toys in the store to kind of get that yeah that hands on experience. And maybe there that area is sectioned off or something. Well, it, it looks like there's just a lot of open area. If if this stupid article will open up, maybe we can get some more info. Um, it doesn't look like it wants to open. Main event. Okay, here it is. All right, it just opened up. Um, so it, this Bloomberg article, boy, it's just moving. So it's moving like molasses. Any of you guys got it up on your end? Nope. Nope. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, it just opened <laughs> up. Um, let's see here. Trying to get more info. 10 new locations. It'll be an uphill battle. Yeah, you know, I'm just not, I'm not seeing anything in here that says you have to pay to get in. Yeah, li- I mean, literally nothing on here says you have to pay to get in. So, I mean, may, I'm not saying that what you read was wrong, but I'm just not reading it in multiple sources. And, and that's, the store that you were showing looks different than the mock-ups that they were showing on the article that I had read. Yeah, because so, I mean, this looks like an actual store. Yeah. So we'll we'll wait till it comes here. Yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll have to uh, we'll we'll put a bookmark in this and we'll come back to it. But but the good news is Toys R Us is not dead and it is still moving forward. But uh, I think it That's good. I think it's time to move on to our main event. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it's time for our main event, The Mandalorian Chapter 4 Nerd Out. This is your spoiler alert if you haven't seen yes. episode four of The Mandalorian. Yes, this is your spoiler alert. Some some listeners have sent us some feedback saying that we need to say spoiler alert uh, before we give spoilers. Yes, this is your spoiler alert. We Isn't the title of the podcast a spoiler enough? Like, well, hey, this is what we're going to be talking about. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we talking about spoilers here? We are talking about spoilers. Moving forward, we are okay. talking spoilers. 
from chapter four of the Mandalorian. And you know what? According to Business Insider, uh, Stranger Things has enjoyed 21 straight weeks at the top of the most in-demand streaming shows in the United States. But the Mandalorian has surpassed it. It's dropped the Stranger Things for the first time. Uh, the Mandalorian had over 100 million demand expressions, while Stranger Things only had 81. So, so there we go, folks. The Mandalorian is an incredibly hot show right now. What did you guys think of uh, Chapter 4? What, what stood out to you the most? Baby Yoda. What I like about the episode is it showed that the Mandalorian was looking for a place to hide and maybe just hide baby Yoda and kind of be able to move on with his life. And so I loved how it showed that and how it showed how that can't happen. I just want to know how they're tracking baby Yoda. I want to know that too. Well, it's it's those tracking fob. Yeah, the tracking fobs. They're still active. Yeah. Okay, but okay. So it does think of it like have, a wireless connection. Does he have like? And a little how do you have that with no Wi-Fi? Yeah, yeah. Ba- Baby Yoda has Wi-Fi apparently. It, it, attached it, to it. Baby Yoda <laughs> has 18G. <laughs> 18G. Yeah. Uh, Yes, that's a good point. So, you know, that's a that's a common question. Somehow, somehow these tracking fobs keep working. Uh, how do they work? I don't know. But you know, do we really need? Does it really matter? Well, he did find Baby Yoda without with, with Baby Yoda's eighteen G um, on a planet with no Wi Fi. So <laughs> no cell towers. No cell towers. <laughs> so I guess it's not a surprise that this planet had no Wi Fi. Baby Yoda's 18G found it. Well, you would think... That's like leaving in the outer rim. Yeah, I mean, you would think the Mandalorian would know how these tracking fobs would work. So so the fact that he does take him to kind of this off-world, backwards, low-tech planet somehow has to, you know, align with, with the Mandalorian's thinking that this would somehow, you know, get the tracking fobs off of his back. But apparently that's not the case. So, so yeah, I mean, how, how do these tracking fobs work? I guess 18G Wi-Fi. <laughs> that, that, that's, the, yep. that's the, and it's, it's ran by the force apparently. So I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean. What, that sounds like a sound theory to me. What else, what else did you guys uh, like about this, uh, this episode? It was the first time we saw uh, Gina Carano's character. I want to see her again. I she do out. too. Yeah, I thought she was good. What, what did you guys like about her character? She's badass. Yeah, pretty much. She she definitely had the whole like I'm sick and tired of BS. Let's get straight to business kind of veteran attitude about her, which I really liked. I could jive with that. I really liked how there was no trying to make her fit. She fit. They they made her her character flawless with the story. And there are some characters where you feel like they just threw them in there. Whereas this was, there was a seamless work to it where it didn't feel thrown in. It didn't feel like it was odd to randomly throw this new important character for the episode in. It felt natural. And I liked that. Well, I mean, you know, one thing I remember hearing uh, 
executive producer Dave Filoni and John Favreau talk about is, you know, they hired some of these actors to play these parts, not because they were necessarily good actors and could, you know, reach into this, uh, reach into these character traits uh, through acting. Uh, but they they found people who kind of naturally already had these character traits as their personality, so they could just play the part as if it was you know themselves being that character, and 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 that's why they have um uh you know oh I'm I'm, I'm brain farting the dude from Predator that's uh, Grief Karga uh and oh Carl yeah, Weathers Carl Weathers and they've got Gina Carano playing a rebel shock trooper. Uh, and, and yeah, you can feel that. And I loved the the whole uh, opening scene between the two of them, where they're fighting, and Baby Yoda's watching. We got our new meme from that. <laughs> yes, fantastic. And, and that probably attributes to why she felt seamlessly into the world, seamlessly into Star Wars, because they gave her a character that she embodied. So I, I loved that. Um, but. It's kind of my excitement was when the Mandalorian's helmet almost came off. What? What? Come on! Wait, she's reaching up to his face, and you're like, He's no. actually oh, I got very mad. I got very mad. I was like, "Don't you dare!" And, and that was the fun of it is because you don't want it to happen, but you're like, "Dude, well, dude." dude. I didn't find it fun. I was like, stop it right now. Stop it. <laughs> Dude, that 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 character was a little uh, like baby daddy happy or something. Oh, yeah, know? she totally was. <laughs> like, I, 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 there was this random stranger. I don't know what he even looks like. He might not even be human, but somehow, some way, I'm attracted to him and I want him to, you know, stick He's around and father brooding. my – He'll make uh, a great father figure. <laughs> <laughs> well, her, teach him the ways of the force. Her uh, her baking didn't convince him to remove the helmet. So <laughs> so, so obviously uh, so so obviously you know a uh, uh, you know what, what's the saying a, a food to the stomach wins a man's heart or something. The way to man's stomach is through. Um, the or, way to man's heart is through stomach. Yeah, Other way around. well, that doesn't work for a Mandalorian, I guess. I honestly thought they had feeding tubes up until this episode when he took his helmet out. <laughs> I'm like, does he have like a tube? He just like pulls a tube out and just sucks the food off the plate and just tucks it back into his arm. Everything comes from Jamba Juice. Yeah, I know, right? I always wondered. Dude, I always wondered how he like showered, how he practiced personal hygiene. Okay, all right. So so this is this is what I thought, dude. I was the same way, Bob. I he thought he had like a of- in his armor. Yeah, yeah, dude. I thought he had like a. I thought he had a feeding tube, and I thought he had like self, like a self cleaning portable shower in his uh, in his armor. But apparently, apparently that's not the case. He takes it off. He just goes into the back, plugs into the water source, and puts his arms out, pulls it back, and he goes back to being awesome. Yeah, can, can you can you imagine? He just yeah, he raises his arms, and all this leaking water is popping out of him. Yeah. Oh man. How did we get on this conversation? Uh, well, we got on it because we're, we're talking about the Mandalorian's helmet almost. We're talking out. about it because this is the way. Yeah. So okay. So this is yeah. the way. So Amanda, you're, you're right on the money. Apparently, he, he he does take his helmet off to eat, uh, but we didn't see his face. I bet Yoda, Baby Yoda has. That's right. Uh, Baby Yoda probably was probably like, dude, 
I know if he can't like. keep his baby Yoda away from the buttons, baby well, Yoda's seen his face. You <laughs> can't. <laughs> can't let baby Yoda see his face because then that would uh, break the way. I but, saw, but he doesn't let baby Yoda. Baby I Yoda has seen. I saw the most perfect meme regarding the button pushing. It showed baby Yoda leaning yep. over to push the button. And then, uh, yes. and then it says, when you just want to listen to some thrash. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so, so let, hey, let's go. Let's go back to the Mandalorian's f- face and helmet. So, like, do you think we will see the Mandalorian's face at all? No, in in the in the no. in the series, you don't think so? I think they're going to pull a ju- no. uh, dread on us. They're saving it for Episode Nine. Nah. Oh, the, you, mean, you mean Star Wars Episode Nine? Yes. Is nah. he going to be appearing in Nine? Is that okay. the idea? So, no. Um, there's no official ep- thing. This is just chapter hearsay. seven comes out on Wednesday instead of Friday, the week that episode nine comes out. This is, yeah, that doesn't mean he's gonna be in the movie. It doesn't mean anything, but it is speculative. Sure, speculative, but in all reality, I think it's just Disney not wanting to uh, you know, compete with itself. But um yeah. Okay, so 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 we don't think the Mandalorian will show his face ever, I do. huh? Oh, you, I you do. do. No, I totally. Okay, do. well then it's let, gonna happen. Then let me ask you: what under what circumstances do you feel his face will be shown? Like, well, like, what do you think is gonna happen? Why, or what and why? Well, why do I think it's gonna happen? Well, yeah. okay, so there, there's a big focus on this is the way, and we know historically from the Clone Wars and Rebels that that was not always the way. And so we're going to run into other Mandalorians. I really think that. And there's going to be a mix-up of which is the correct way. Okay. All right. Like conflicting religions of sorts? Yeah, a like lot of them, the Mandalorians Protestant were Protestant Mandalorianism? Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna hang up some thesis on the uh, Mandal- Mando's uh, trap door. <laughs> Will Sabine come yeah, back? And Sabine, um, get... yeah. And will that have an effect on things? If the Mandalorian's helmet comes off, I am predicting it's not going to be of his own free will. I am seriously hoping if Sabine comes back that she somehow gets a hold of his helmet and spray paints it. <laughs> okay so this is what's gonna happen baby yoda is just gonna levitate the helmet off of him there we go that's what's gonna happen also, right, some, at some point somebody's either gonna give this kid a name or we're gonna find out what his name is because he is obviously not baby yoda well just remember you don't talk Correct. about baby we don't, don't talk, talk about, about baby. baby don't put baby in that corner so so we kind of brought this up a little bit earlier. Like, is there going to be a connection to the movies in in from from Mandalorian to any any of the Star Wars movies? I mean, they, there's a ton of Easter eggs. Like, they had the uh, the trash compactor, like mechanical log looking thing uh, that that Luke uh, and Han held up to try to like brace the walls. That was in the background. But like, do you think there's going to be uh, any more? in-depth connections to the movies coming coming uh, from the Mandalorian? In episode nine, we're going to have Baby Yoda come in and kick butt. 
Baby Yoda's going to be there. He's going to pull an episode uh, in Star Wars Episode 2, come out with his lightsabers and do his whole flippy thing where he's like bouncing everywhere. Oh, oh, Baby Yoda, it's going to wear a Mandalorian helmet. (laughs) Baby Yoda can fit in the Mandalorian helmet. With with ear holes, so his ears stick out of the helmet. I I want to see this now. I I will. I must see this. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. The way it is. The way it is. I I will say, I will say, I think, uh, I think if Disney doesn't uh, move forward with some more Baby Yoda future projects then they're they're missing out on something like i totally see like maybe a spin-off yeah, movie just... of like young jedi trainee padawan baby yoda doing something oh a youngling well, movie. I, I was reading in the interview that i had read about um with um so, bryce dallas howard is that they actually really did focus on making sure that there was no merchandise out there so no one knew baby yoda was coming yeah. And so there's been a lot of complaint about that, but they didn't want the merchandise out there because they didn't want anyone spoiling Baby Yoda. Sure. So it's coming. They just didn't want it ruined. Sure. Well, I mean, so so what's coming? Merchandise is merchandise. coming? Or, merchandise well, is coming. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> merchandise is coming, but I'm talking more about like an actual spinoff TV series or movie with with baby Yoda as a youngling Jedi Padawan or something. Yeah, I I think that's part of the Mandalorian is baby Yoda's story and I think they're intertwined. Could 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 maybe Rey and Kylo Ren when he uh you know in episode 9 I'm just you know throwing stuff out there you know, converts back to the light side. Maybe they train Baby Yoda as one He's of their. He's not going to convert Jedi. back to the light side, dude. He is, man. I'm no. I'm laying it out right now. He, okay, so Kylo just, Ren is converting. I was going to put this out there. The Maybe Baby Yoda is the Mandalorian. What? What? No, time no. thing. No, no, they're going to stick a Mandalorian helmet on Baby Yoda. I must see this. No, okay, all right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm moving the conversation forward. Okay, so. So let's talk about the, let's talk about the plan for Baby Yoda. So Ma- the Mandalorian, uh, obviously, his plan in this episode was to find a safe place, a good environment, uh, drop Baby Yoda off, and then split town. That was the Mandalorian's plan moving forward. But that doesn't that's not going to work now. So so what is the wh- where do you see this story going? What is the Mandalorian going to do? What, 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 what's your predictions? What do you guys think? Um, I think he's going to be going between uh, Mandalorian. What what were they calling? What did they call that group that they have to move? I'm trying to remember. Oh, the the, the covert. Or the, the covert. Tribe? Yeah, the covert or the tribe. Maybe he'll go to another covert and hold Baby Yoda and those for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. What do you think, Nathan? What's what's the Mandalorian's plan? What do you see coming up in future episodes? I sincerely hope he somehow gets involved with some like hot gangster drama i i don't know why but every time i see a mandalorian i just think okay he's got to be somehow involved with a, a, a seriously hot so i would love yeah i would love to see i'd love to see him get tied up in some sort of like outer rim i want him tied up in a leia costume how is he going to <laughs> <laughs> with the helmet on. Oh boy. How is he going to make money now? He needs money for fuel and parts and keeping his ship running. How is he going to make money while protecting Baby Yoda? He's going to shake down some gangsters. 
Yeah, baby, baby Yoda is the big variable in all of this. Um, I think you know part of this is based off of you know TV spots and and trailers, but um, there, at some point there's going to be a huge showdown with uh, the Empire. We got Death Troopers coming. We've got Stormtroopers uh, helmets on pikes. I think there's going to be. Still- I think there's going to be like a little mini war between the Mandalorians and uh, this Empire uh, faction. I think he's going to end. I think, uh, to be honest, the only way he's going to come out of this ahead is if he gets Yoda to the Jedi. Yeah, if he gets them to uh, to Luke, or if he gets Yoda, Luke, or somebody that's around him, that is going to be what's going to uh, keep him off everybody's radar. Until then, he's going to continue getting uh, getting pounded. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. You don't. You, okay, okay. So Bob, you just said you think Luke is going to be hanging out with Baby Yoda and Manda. You don't think that's going to happen? No. I don't well, care if, it ha- if it's going to happen. That's what <laughs> needs to happen. Well, what, but but think about the timeline. This is before Episode Seven. Yeah. So would that mean uh, Baby Yoda was one of Luke, was was ba- was Baby yeah. Yoda one of Luke's students that was killed when Kylo Ren went you know crazy? It could uh, be. Yeah, it could be. I could totally see that uh, being where the series ends. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude I'll, t- I'll tell you this though: <laughs> no. if Kylo Ren kills Baby Yoda, the internet right, is going to be upset. Oh yeah, dude. dude! You thought you thought you thought the internet was mad when Han Solo was killed by by Kylo Ren? No, no, no. you ain't seen nothing yet. You know, wait till wait till Baby Yoda dies at Kylo Ren's hands. But I don't think that's going to actually happen. I think Kylo Ren is uh, converting back to the light side. I think I think uh, Baby Yoda has something to do with the future of the Jedi. All right. Okay, all I'm going to put out there is there is no redemption for Ben Solo if he kills Baby Yoda. Last. Uh- there is no redemption. True. Last thoughts. Uh, last thought for me here is okay. I honestly just had an epiphany. Baby Yoda's clone. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, we're we're going a little long on this episode. Yeah, let's let's our our, our last thoughts. What do you what do you think about this episode? Uh, what stood out to you, or or where do you think the story is going? Where do you think, Nathan? Last um, I will say I'll just I'll just say this really quick because. It hasn't been said yet, but that that ATST Walker looked really cool, and I was a big mm-hmm. fan of that. Oh yeah. Um, so I got really excited during that little moment. I also couldn't help but think of the the Mulan song "Let's Get Down to Business" during the training montage <laughs> because that was exactly what it looked like to me. Um, so I could see where Disney's getting some kicks and giggles out of this series but overall i thought it was a fun episode to watch probably not the best one in my opinion so far but i thought it was fun yeah amanda what are your final thoughts um i'm just excited to see where they go with baby yoda i've kind of put out (laughs) a lot of thoughts today that have been fun (laughs) yeah my my final thoughts um i want to echo you nathan the atst was sweet it was uh the scariest ATSD I think we've ever seen. It might just because been because it was like night. Because of the red eyes yeah. and the war paint. It was at night, yeah, war paint, all that stuff. They they played that off really good. Um, it almost looked like it was a little defective too, like it was missing some armor or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it because looked, uh, looked because it, it 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 was being upkept by pirates, you know, not by the actual yeah, empire. So I, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, 
But, uh, hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure. Uh, Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you are listening to us. Please, we ask of you to leave us a good review. You guys can even uh, play with us in between episodes. You can leave us a voicemail if you swing over to anchor.fm slash super nerd podcast or if you prefer shoot us an email super nerd podcast at gmail.com and then you guys can tell us to you know give out more spoiler warnings <laughs> um, but hey also make sure to find us on facebook search for super nerd podcast give us a like give us a share uh, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, let people know about this awesome podcast. We're so happy to be back up and running and doing this. And uh, we can't wait for you uh, to come back next time when we talk Mandalorian the cha- uh, Chapter 5. Hey, stay nerdy, my friends. Hope you guys are doing well. We'll see you later. <laughs>